sit down and buckle up. It's time for the Pirate Monk Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Pirate Monk Podcast. Yes, it is the Pirate Monk Podcast, Aaron. Uh, been a little while since I articulated those particular words, but well, you've it's been, good to see your face. You have been, huh? You've been busy. You've sold, been you've sold a house that you've lived in for so long, <laughs> and then you bought a yeah. house that I got to see and is completely gutted. But yeah, you, you yeah, cast, yeah, it's you not ready to move in. No, it is not. <laughs> so, yeah, you've been in chaos world, and you're going to go move down to Florida for a couple months? Yeah, yeah, pretty much have to. It's either that or, uh, you know, find a place to put up a tent because we're going to be homeless until the new place is done. So, yeah, we'll be headed down to Amelia Island, Florida, where uh, our son Daniel lives with his family. Uh, so I'm looking forward to spending some time with Samson guys in Florida. Looks like uh, I think the 25th of January, I'll be in Jupiter at uh, 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 yeah, a church down there. And, uh, you know, hope to visit some more guys around the state while I'm down there. So this has nothing to do with the fact that you like to leave the South during the winter and go <laughs> act like an old person going down to winter in Florida. Well, yeah, I am 65. And, and what happens, you know, when you hit that, there is a voice that starts up in the back of your head on around Thanksgiving that just says, it's time to go to Florida. <laughs> go to Florida. <laughs> I'm going to let you have that one all by yourself. <laughs> so we are in December. How did that happen? I know, just boom, like a shot. 2021 is almost in the books. We're headed to 2022 Oh, with lots. We'll talk about it at the end of the show, but lots of great things happening uh, in the upcoming year with Samson and Sarah Society. But yeah, um, you know, holidays, you, you know, you've had some family disruption in the last year, last year and a half. Golly, it's been some time. So, uh, what do you, what are you going to do for Christmas? Yeah. I mean, this year being, you know, going from six people in the house to three people in the house, we were just trying to be mindful of not having us sit here with just three of us in the house yeah. doing the same thing we would do. So got to spend, uh, Halloween with, um, a fellow in Franklin that always has mm -hmm. a, a fun Halloween party that was very enjoyable. The kids had a great time. Oh, you went to Ken and Melissa's, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I did. It was great. nice. A bunch of French Parisian jazz in the background. It was it, just very, very Ken in that way. And it was great. Um, and then Thanksgiving got to spend that with you guys in Mount yeah. Pleasant, which was super fun. Yeah. We, yeah. uh, came early and stayed late so it was a yeah oh man what a great time that was but we didn't quite have enough food though aaron oh my gosh you can say that because you left i cleaned all that food <laughs> i i was in charge of putting that in tupperware so there was a wall like a giant wall of tupperware it was insane. so much food what a fantastic time though yeah super fun got to have your 
your fancy what your yams your sweet potato what do you what do you oh, call man. that thing yeah sweet potato casserole baby it was it was yeah delicious. it is a, it's a dessert disguised as a vegetable yeah, there yeah. was nothing about that that seemed like it should be a side dish, but I thought it was very <laughs> tasty. Uh, and oh, so, then, well, and and well, you had the cheese bread, and then the dish you did with the yams. I mean, who who makes yams at Thanksgiving? But you did. It was no, freaking I, fantastic. I didn't make yams? What did I make? Not yams. No. Not yams. I'm sorry. I make not yams. Uh, uh the banana things. <laughs> no. Oh, what do we call okay. those? Okay, the plantains. That was actually your plantains. That was your daughter's recipe. I just got there early, and it wasn't cooked yet. So, I mean, she cooked the plantains. I only assembled that recipe. I okay. I brought the Creole macaroni and cheese and the chili cheese. Oh bread. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but, yeah. But yes, right. we had a very okay. diverse from plantains a Cuban salad that was quite good. That was great. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. It was it was a lot of fun. It was fun to a have ham out. and two turkeys. Yeah, a yeah, ham yeah. and two turkeys. I feel yeah. like that is somehow a Samson podcast kind of <laughs> moniker, but I don't know who the other turkey is. Uh, does that does that describe a small Samson meeting? A ham and two turkeys. That does. There you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then and then we are heading off to California to have Christmas with my parents and my oldest son, nice. and get to hang out with my second son as well. So that will be really cool. It'll be good to be there. Uh, Haven't been nice. there for Christmas for quite a while. So that'll yeah. be fun. So there you go. But I'm also excited because right. today we are going to dip back into the weekend, into the retreat weekend. And mm-hmm. you you were the Sunday morning wrap it up speaker guy. Yeah, I, I, I took the spot you usually take at the retreat. Uh, but it was about the only time I was there that weekend. I was so doggone busy running around. It was so great to get to spend some time with the guys, and I had the privilege of doing chapel on Sunday morning. Well, a chapel. I didn't even know we called it that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I would have been intimidated all those years. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I'm, I'm still remembering your tagline. We'll talk more about it after people get to hear, but uh, your tagline that came from a fellow that you talked about in this message, mm-hmm. but we're not going to talk about it anymore. We'll let people listen for themselves. So let's take a quick break and come back and hear the morning chapel session at the retreat (laughs) when we come right back here on the Pirate Monk Podcast. All right. Well, uh, it's uh, so good to be here. I apologize. I wasn't here last night. I missed Mo. Is Mo still here? No. No. He, <laughs> no Mo. <laughs> uh, I love that man. So grateful he came. Uh, it was real important for me to go back home and uh, have dinner with my wife last night. Uh, we're staying in a hotel this weekend while the house is being shown. She hasn't been home in a good long while. I've been off saving the world. And uh, so I needed to be home. So we had a good evening. I had a weird dream last night. I dreamed that Allie and I had a, a medical appointment together. You get older, you go to the doctor a lot more, right? So 
Uh, and Allie's 10 years older than I am. So, But what's strange about this one was uh, we had an appointment to die. And we were excited about it, really. I mean, uh, we've always said that, you know, when our time comes, we'd really like to go together so that nobody has to deal with the loss of the other one, right? Last week, we were on a flight home from Jacksonville, and we hit some turbulence, and we thought, hey, maybe this is it. Uh, <laughs> and and it, it was, you know. But anyway, in the dream, this nice receptionist meets us, and she gives us each a card, and she directs us into a conference room. We're sitting around a conference table. There's some other people there. We close the door. It's quiet. And now we, and we've been instructed what to do. On, each of us on our card has a Q, QR code. And um, the instructions are, when we look at the QR code, we're done. It's just instantly, painlessly done. And so uh, I'm looking at Allie, and she's looking at me, and we're, we're joking a little bit, like, what would happen if we switched cards? Would we be different people in the, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and then I felt this sense of just this immense gratitude that I get to wind up my life with this woman and we've had these years together and I'm grateful for our kids and I'm grateful for our grandkids and, and I'm grateful for Samson and the fact that as much as badly as I've screwed things up, God still has salvaged something of significance out of our time here. And, um, and then all of a sudden, I just got hit by this wave of sadness that it was all coming to an end. I looked at Allie, and she was feeling the same way. And she started crying, and I started crying, and then I woke up. And uh, didn't get back to sleep, so I drove here. Um, I think maybe that as I, I have more thoughts about mortality as I age. I'm kind of torn. You know, on the one hand, I want to finish strong. I want to, in whatever time I have left, I want to leverage whatever influence, whatever credibility, whatever notoriety I have to do as much as I possibly can before I, on, and on the other hand, I want to pass the baton. I don't want to hang on too long. I want to be able to give it to other guys who are stronger and faster and take it farther than I ever could. It's one of the reasons that, uh, I wasn't here Friday night, by the way, because I was speaking at a church in Murfreesboro, 500 guys. I have this new policy. It has to do with wanting to pass the baton and wanting to not waste time. I tell you what, I spent a lot of years flying a few hundred or a few thousand miles to go somewhere to talk to, for 30 or 40 minutes on one night to some guys. And I do have to tell you, some fruit has come from that. You know, occasionally I'll bump, you know, I'll bump into some guys and they started a group because I, but not a lot. It doesn't do a lot really just to inspire guys to make a decision, to make a commitment, to make a resolution, to do something different, and then they go home. So, you know, Tom and I have talked about this. This was one of the fundamentals when we planned the bus tour, which hasn't happened yet. No one night stands, only two day events. Here's what I have found. If you want really to get guys moving on a different track, you need two things. You need a team and you need time. 
So I, in some places, I am enough of a, of a celebrity that we can get a crowd on the first night. But what we're really shooting for is to see how many guys we can get back for the second night, where there'll be other pirate monks, and we can orient and train and practice and let them feel it and taste it and take it home and get it started, right? Anyway, this big-ass church in uh, Murfreesboro, uh, there, was no, there was no second day <laughs> on the program. I had 40 minutes. I had, it was a countdown clock. Uh, there, there was a band ready to play me off, you know. And, uh, <laughs> but uh, I could tell guys were connecting. So as I wound it up, I said, look, if... If you're resonating to what I've said, and if, and if you want a taste of this brotherhood I'm talking about, I'll be back here Tuesday night for the regular weekly meeting of the Samson Society. Please come out. I'd love to meet you. Uh, one problem, the, the room they've given to the Samson Society holds 15 people. Uh, so they're scrambling now because they know they have to find a bigger room. All that to say, if you're anywhere near Murfreesboro on Tuesday night at 7, you want to come and help? It's an opportunity. Um, and, if, and, and if you want me or Aaron or... And by the way, I, mean, I know there are men in this room who can do what I'm doing as well as I do it. Um, you have a story. You'll do, it, you'll do it your way. You'll do it differently. Um, but, you know, part of this, <laughs> yesterday somebody asked Tom uh, what the succession plan is for Samson House. <laughs> Tom and I are the same age. Uh, I, we both have a Medicare card this year, okay? <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, and the answer is we've been talking about it a lot. I don't really have a succession plan. I do have a succession strategy that I've been using lately, which is to randomly not show up for Samson events. <laughs> and it, it's been working beautifully, right? Was it, I was hardly here this weekend. Was it great? Yes. Possibly better. Yes. <laughs> yes. I love that. <laughs> um, we talk a lot about the, uh, the, the blessing of recovery, the gift of recovery. I want to talk for you just a little bit today before we go home. I want to remind you of the blessing of addiction. I remember when I first started coming into rooms for recovery, I was so freaking ashamed and terrified and so determined to fix myself as fast as possible. I was going to set the land speed record for recovery, <coughs> graduate, get the damn diploma, the green jacket, whatever it is they were going to give, and I was going to be out of there. I hated myself. Hated myself. I've been hating myself for years. Uh, so drenched in shame and convinced that I had to fix this in order to be worth something. 
And I heard guys in those rooms talk about, say, that they were a grateful recovering addict. And it didn't make any sense to me. You're grateful for this shit? Today I am so grateful for addiction. So grateful for addiction. There's this story. There's this story in the, in the Gospels about you know Jesus has been preaching for a few days in a village, and he's he's about to leave, go on to the next village, and people are gathered around. They're saying goodbye, and just as he's about to leave, a young man bursts through the crowd, throws himself at Jesus' feet, and says, Good teacher, what must I do to be saved? Now, everybody around knows this young man. He's, he's, he's a very prominent person in town. We only know him as the rich young ruler. But he was a guy who was very good at being very good. He had a flawless reputation. And uh, his, mark, his life was marked by all the prosperity that we normally associate with goodness. So he says, good teacher, what must I do to be saved? And Jesus responds in the strangest way. Jesus says, good? Did you just call me good? Why would you call me good? Only God is good. And then he asked the young man a series of questions, and by his answers, the young man revealed that he really thought he was good. And he thought that being good was the point. Which is what I thought growing up in church. How many times have you gone to some kind of conference or retreat somewhere hoping to become a better person? Hoping maybe you get here and you're going to get some tips and tricks for how to be a better person. Here's the thing. Only God is good. And God is so good that next to him the best of our righteousness is like filthy rags. Now here's the dilemma of recovery. As we follow Jesus and as we follow him together, we give up the ideal of being the solo disciple and we actually join the program, right? We get better. We do. Some goodness comes. That's when we enter the danger zone. That's the point at which we can start to imagine that we're not that bad after all. We're certainly better than people who aren't in recovery. <laughs> it's at that point that we start to become Pharisees and are in grave danger of crucifying again the Son of God. We lose the gospel. We lose the power of the message. I, I love to read the Apostle Paul. I love Romans. I especially love Romans 7. <laughs> you know, he starts, he goes, I know, he says, that in me, that is in my flesh. It's a very important distinction. In me, that is in my flesh, 
There's no good thing. He says, it's nuts. The thing I want to do, I can't do. The thing I don't want to do, I can't stop doing. <laughs> a clearer description of addictive behavior has never been written. Yeah. Now here's the thing. He wrote that as, a, as the leading church planter in the world. He'd already written what would be more than half of the New Testament in terms of books. He was a mature man. He'd had spiritual experiences, peak spiritual experiences. He'd been up to the third heaven and seen stuff he's not able to talk about. And yet, and he says it not in the past tense, but in the present tense. The thing I want to do, I can't do. The thing I don't want to do, I can't stop doing. Interesting, probably the last letter he wrote was uh, the first epistle to Timothy, probably written from Rome. He's waiting execution. And, uh, and he talks about uh, Jesus who gave up his life for sinners, of which he said, I am the chief. He didn't say I was the chief. I had been the chief. He said, I am the chief of sinners. That is the gospel. Some people, you know, miraculously, I know, I, you know, I had five guys in the newcomer meeting yesterday and two of them just in tears because one guy just got served divorce papers, the other guy is looking at them coming. And, uh, and I had to tell him, look, I can't promise you that your marriage will, will survive. Not every marriage is saved in Samson. A lot are. Not every marriage survives, but every man does. And God will bring good out of it either way. I'm fortunate in that my marriage survived. It should not have. I want to tell you one of the biggest factors for how it did. So I'm in recovery. I'm doing 12-step stuff. Allie and I are so tense in the house. The only time we can really talk is when we go to the pub and have a couple beers and play cards, and that's about it. But, uh, and, and I'm sleeping in a closet. But I'm in the house, thanks to K.K. Ray, by the way. We had a different plan, and she torpedoed it and convinced us to do an in-house separation. Uh, <clears throat> but Allie got involved in this crazy Bible study at church. It's called Gospel Transformation. By a group called Harvest, I think, out of Philadelphia to do the Sonship curriculum. It was a women's study. Uh, with had a workbook, so there was some homework, and then there was a little talk, a little lecture during the meeting, and then group time, where they would share. These women get together and share. And um, the first assignment she was given was to find two people who would pray for her every week for the year that God would allow her to see her own sin. 
in the group time, they were not allowed to talk about husbands or boyfriends. They could only talk about themselves. And what she was told, what she came home, she, she still, she loves this. She said, here's what I learned at Gospel Transformation. She said, when I try to minimize my sin, I make the cross small. I make the gospel small. But when I can see how big my sin really is, the bigger my sin, the bigger the cross, the bigger my salvation, the greater my gratitude, the greater the joy, the greater my usefulness. That's what they were teaching my wife. And my wife got to a place where she understands, she deeply believes, she knows. It's, this is not to say that she is not still healing from the trauma of my betrayal. It really, we can joke about it now. Uh, it, the scar is there. It just doesn't hurt to touch it anymore. But that took time. But even while that was underway, Allie knew that she and I are sinners in equal need of grace. That's why we're together. Uh, Tom and I, we're down and we went down to Orlando. It was great. So the guys, not Orlando, it was uh, Lakeland. Samson guys there uh, went to work and promoted an event and, and you know, our deal is two, two, two nights. So the first night there's oh, more than more than a hundred guys. Yeah, they did it up. It was a barbecue and stuff. And, there were at least 20 pastors or therapists in the room. And then 40 guys came back for the second night. It was fantastic. I talked to a lot of guys while we were there. And, and one man's name kept coming up. And he wasn't there. He had another commitment and he had to leave. He sent me a text saying he wasn't going to be there. I still haven't met this man, but I've heard about him from about 50 people. The guy's name is Timo. Somebody know Timo? Okay, all right. <laughs> so it seems like Timo's been everywhere and pushing everybody to go to freaking Samson. Turns out Timo is in charge of a church staff and they start their staff meetings reading the Samson meeting open. <laughs> he recruits for church leadership from the Samson Society. We stayed an extra day, Tom and I did, because we'd been invited to visit a women's Samson meeting. <laughs> so we went to this thing. Now this is not a Sarah society. These are not the wives of Samson guys. Half of these women aren't married. It's not us. Here's the thing. What they're and they're, these women just can't say enough about how this group, which is still fairly young, they've only been meeting for a few months, but how this fellowship, this sisterhood, has just brought life to. And their big theme is confession. They get together to confess. They've taken very seriously this admonition in James chapter five. Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that, that you may be healed. By the way, the assumption in that verse is that whenever we get together, everybody should have something to confess. 
The day I don't have anything to confess is the day I'm in deep trouble. Now I have managed to restrict my definition of sin to this behavior that I am managing for now to control. And now I have some righteousness to stand on and I don't need the gospel and I'm a step above everybody else. Why did Jesus include when he, when his disciples said, teach us to pray? He kind of started this whole one day at a time thing, right? Give us today our daily bread and forgive us. We're supposed to be praying for forgiveness every day. And we can't pray for forgiveness if we don't see our sin. Uh, turns out, guess who started the Women's Samson Group in Lakeland? Timo. <laughs> Frickin' Timo! <laughs> it was led by his daughter, and two of the women who worked for him were there. They kind of started. Timo told him they had to do it. He gave them the things and said, go do it. <laughs> so, a little, uh, from what I understand, the guy's huge. He's like 6'10". Yeah, he played for University of Okay. So, maybe this explains why I got a picture a couple of weeks ago, uh, and, and I got it from Timo. He said, um, I'm helping a church get, I'm here helping a church get their Samson group started. So it's a circle of guys, and there's one white guy, Timo. It's a black church, okay? And, uh, and he texts after, he says, one of the guys told me that this was the best meeting he's ever been to in his life, inside or outside the church. Well, later on, I got a little more of the story. I heard how, uh, how Timo introduced himself in that meeting. This is how Timo introduced himself. Timo. <laughs> he said, I am in and of myself a racist. I show partiality. I'm a bigot, a backbiter, a gossip, a coward. I'm angry, mean, ugly, a monster, a liar, an addict of every kind. I'm sexually immoral, unkind, harsh, cruel, cutting, coveting everything and everybody, curt, rude, small, petty, legalistic, unloving, out of control, a glutton, loud, short-tempered, I show up late and leave early, I'm judgmental, manipulative, selfish, crude, mouthy, attacking, belittling, self-willed, self-righteous, narcissistic, cold, self-seeking, lazy, fat, self-protective, fearful, scared, a smart mouth, a hater, a murderer, a cheater, impulsive, a drunkard, idolater, self-loving and self-loathing. Left to my own, there's no evil I would not do and enjoy doing with great passion and gusto. I'm critical, a hate monger, hoarder, rebel, deviant, lover of evil, hater of good. I cause strife, jealousy, divisions, dissensions, fits of rage, rivalries, death, destruction, hopelessness, discouragement, ungrateful, mean-spirited, thin-skinned, disconnected, unable to give and receive honesty, and, and of all living creatures, left to my own 
evil in all ways, at all times, wholly given over to wickedness. But now my only hope and cure is the love of God for me in Jesus. He finished that, and it was dead quiet in the room for a few minutes. And then somebody said, shit just got real. <laughs> I kind of like that for the, as a tagline for Samson. <laughs> you know, no bull brotherhood is good, but it's a little antiseptic. Maybe that's, a, maybe that's as far as we can go for the church, but I kind of like Samson society. Shit just got real. <laughs> There's a reason Timo has the influence he has. He's caught on to this. I must decrease so he can increase. He's the safest guy anybody knows. Because he has no defenses. He's not trying to justify himself or defend himself. He's vulnerable. He's open. He's frickin' magnetic. I, I, I sincerely hope that you have made a commitment while you're here to do something different when you go home. I sincerely hope that you have not decided to become a better person. Please don't do that. Let Jesus shine. Glory in your weakness the way Paul did. Be a fool for Christ. That's what makes you most useful in the kingdom, and that is the most rewarding. Trust me, it is the most rewarding way to live. All right, brothers, thank you. I've got to go uh, check my wife out of a hotel. I'll see you next year. Welcome back to the Pirate Bunk Podcast, where we hope that shit just got real. <laughs> oh, my. Uh, it was fun that morning. You know, I did get a little bit of pushback, loving, you know, respectful pushback on the Samson Slack in the following couple of weeks. Uh, you know, I suppose, you know, I, I don't want to lose the message that we're not opposed to making progress and recovery, certainly. We want, to, we want to grow and improve. The danger, of course, is in starting to imagine that we ever can reach some point where we eradicate the shadow, we somehow have reached perfection, and uh, you know, we start to so, stand so on our own righteousness. What was, what was the pushback? Well, uh, you know, somebody just said, hey, you know, help me understand this. Don't I want to become a better man? 
Of course, I want to become a better man. Uh, you know, I want to make I want to make improvement, tangible improvement. And uh, those who love me and depend upon me and want to trust me are going to want to see some sort of change. So obviously, yes. Okay, so which part? However, I mean, this I, I have not listened to this talk uh, for uh, a month plus. So yeah. what? Yeah, what yeah, about yeah. what you said uh, made them think that wasn't? Well, because I said, you know, please, I hope you had a great, you know, weekend and I hope you learned some things and I hope you made, you know, some decisions or some change. But I hope that you have not decided to become a better man, ah. or a better person. I'm not quite sure how I put it. Right. Okay. That whole. Yeah. So. So that's. Uh, yeah. We, that's, we just, that's so funny because you can say that and I don't for a moment think that you mean what you said, but you clearly uh, explicitly stated that. So that's a fair pushback. <laughs> Uh, sure it is. Fair. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> they, let's push for some clarification. You know, I overstated the point, hoping to stimulate conversation and, and did. So that's good. Yeah. Isn't, isn't that the, I think about this with sin so often uh, where, you know, we talk about sin is, is not a main character. It's a plot point. And yeah, yeah, yeah. it is, it is on purpose. It has been from the beginning. It drives us yeah. towards yeah. being a better man. Yeah. But the removal of sin from this world's experience is kind of the removal of the point of this world's experience, which is to <laughs> right. discover the Savior through yeah. the darkness, through the confusion, and through the brokenness of sin. And yeah. so I think, yeah, what, what you were saying you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's so important is, of course, I want to keep growing and maturing, which mm-hmm. means my relationship to my flesh, which includes yeah. all those sin struggles, hopefully will change and it'll have different seasons. Yeah. And sometimes I'll think I'm doing so great and then something will happen in my life that'll just absolutely knock me sideways. And I'll be like, oh yeah. my gosh, yeah. how am I 13 again? When did that happen? Yeah. What, yeah. what just happened? Yeah. And so the danger is thinking that it is simply a linear progression by which I get better and better and better until I achieve the self-righteous state of the Pharisee once again, Yeah, uh, the, yeah. which is a bullshit state, of course. But right. yeah, no, that's that's great. I'm yeah, glad but, they said and, and also, you know, then I, I'm going to lose a big edge of effectiveness in ministry. Yeah, it, you know, it really strikes me as really quite telling that Peter— the Apostle Peter, the guy who Jesus said, hey, I'm going to build, you're a rock and I'm going to build the church upon you. We know him as a failure. We know these amazing failure stories about Peter. You know, him denying Jesus three times to a servant girl. Now stop and think about it. How can we possibly know he did that? There's only one way we could know. Peter told. He told on himself. And it was his willingness, even his eagerness to tell on himself um, that that made him accessible and made him credible and made the gospel shine and made him useful. And he could where, you know, if he'd have hidden that, you know, my impulse, if I'd have ever Jesus, if I'd have ever, you know, (laughs) denied Jesus three times and nobody knew it but me and some little nameless servant girl, I'd want to bury that fact. But Peter knew better, right? Well, and and talk about the undulation that he can't even 
admit. He swears an oath. I swear to God, I've never even met the man. Yeah, yeah. Servant girl. And then only months later, he is standing before the Sanhedrin on the inside of that building proclaiming Jesus. And then only a little while after that, he stops talking to Gentiles because he doesn't want Jews to think bad of him. (laughs) So, you know, I'm pretty sure this is not linear. There's nothing right, exactly. linear about our progression. Yeah. yeah and yeah. and it it is so seasonal. And yet yeah. am I a better man for mm-hmm. all of the big mistakes I have made up through the last 3 years of my life? I'm still a better yeah. man than the 22-year-old who wouldn't have ever made those mistakes? Yeah, yeah. And that's where the sin management thing where it's just about, did you do it or didn't you do it? That doesn't yeah, mean yeah. I'm a better or worse man necessarily. Yeah, it can yeah, in moments yeah. for sure. Yeah. But there's yeah. a whole lot more to us as yeah. humans, as men and women than just what you pulled off doing or not doing. It's yeah, way bigger than yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really grateful for a God <laughs> that looks at the heart and not the outward appearance. Yeah. Hey, by the way, for guys and gals who were not able to attend the retreat, women, of course, were not eligible to attend the retreat anyway, but they can listen in on the virtual retreat. This is all going to be played back. All of the sessions were recorded. Jim Jim Cress's amazing sessions and Mo Leverett's concert and all of the terrific workshops, all of it recorded. And it'll be played in a virtual retreat. Uh, that you and I will host, Aaron, on the 14th and 15th of January. And uh, there is, I believe, a registration page that's up and live. If it's not there today, it'll be there in the next couple of days. Uh, And you can sign up for the virtual retreat and, uh, you know, uh, share the experience if you weren't able to be there in Eva, Tennessee, live back in November, or relive it if you were there before. Hey, also, well, and and cool. if if you were there, but yeah. your buddies weren't in your yeah. world around you, then I so wanted people to do this last year, and a, and a few did host a little party, spend yeah, spend that time together with a group of people in your living room, you know, it's, uh, yeah, freeze some eggnog so you can defrost it at that time because it won't be available, but you know, <laughs> okay. All right. Um, Also, coming up in April, the Sarah Society Retreat uh, is coming up in April this year, uh, April 8th through 10th, and registration is open for that thing. Also, uh, Aaron, we are talking with our friends, the Italian brothers, uh, the guys in Italy who translated uh, Samson and the Pirate Monks into Italian a few months ago. They're rocking and rolling out there. They've invited the rest of us to come for an international retreat. Uh, It'll be in October, 2022. We don't have exact dates yet, but those are forthcoming soon. And what we're going to do is, uh, you know, the guys will be uh, preliminary plan. Guys are going to be at a conference center that is a little bit rustic and kind of bunkhousey, but for wives who come, uh, the wives, uh, we're going to find a nice hotel not too far away where the wives can hang while the guys are doing their work at the retreat. All right. Well, there you go. 
So Italy in October of 2022. Yeah, yeah. Hey, one other. I, I've got to make this ask, uh, uh, Aaron. Uh, I would like for us to be able to get more regular in uh, recording and posting episodes of the Pirate Monk podcast. I have to own that, you know, one, you know, major factor in uh, our erratic behavior so far is that I am terribly disorganized and not a good booker. And, you know, I get the calendar all screwed up. And so what we really could use is uh, a motivated and experienced and hopefully somewhat connected uh, pirate monk or, you know, I'm not averse to having a woman do it. Somebody who can help us out. I certainly can, you know, feed contacts. You can feed some contacts, but we need somebody to handle the calendar for the podcast and line up guests and, and make sure that we get, you know, people into the studio at the right time. Yeah. So and so you, you, we can, yeah, we can definitely help you with this. We've had a number of people do it over the years. Um, yeah. So we're, we're just looking for people that are interested and we will get back to you and let you know some more information about what that would mean. And, uh, yeah. Choose from amongst the motivated. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So if you would like to be considered for that service position, please uh, drop us a line at piratemonkpodcast at gmail.com. Wait, and will their starting pay be the same as ours? I mean, we've been doing no, this for how they many will years? Get, like, yeah, yeah. No, no. They'll get paid three times what we get paid. Oh, my gosh. That's well, yeah. I might sign up for this, but okay. So their <laughs> starting pay. Three times as much as we get paid. Exactly. Uh, Almost get a McDonald's breakfast on that. (laughs) As long as you've got five bucks in your pocket. (laughs) Yeah, we do this for an eternal reward. All right. Well, Aaron, I know you've got uh, plenty to do today. I'm still, Allie and I are still packing. Uh, we've just got a couple more days frantic to, to finish emptying the cabinets and the closets and get everything all it, boxed it is, up. It is strange to see you in your office with no couch behind you, your little couch, <laughs> no coffee table, and only the one couch that my children have spent many nights sleeping on. Uh, yeah, that is yeah, a very yeah. empty That's room. the only thing in the room, man. I'm a computer and that couch that's too big for me to get it of, you know, out the door by myself. The movers are going to have to handle it. All right. Well, I love you, Aaron, and uh, I'm glad we got we're able to connect to record this. Uh, I guess that wraps that wraps this episode. Until next time, then I'm Nate. And I'm Aaron. Yep, and uh, we are your pals on the Pirate Monk Podcast. The Pirate Monk Podcast is produced by members of the Samson Society. Send your feedback or questions to piratemonkpodcast at gmail.com. Please give us a five-star review on iTunes and share the podcast with a friend. For more information, please visit samsonsociety.com.